Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. Sit back and relax and listen to today's message and be blessed. Jesus. <laughs> but I just I just have we just have to rejoice and thank God. He's been doing it. He has been doing it. And and we are just grateful. And Pastor last week he talked about a new and glorious morning. And you know, he talked about talking about Christmas and Christ coming and Christ gave us what we need and the, the hope to keep going and the help that we're seeking. So God is God has been is doing and continue to do in this banner year. So, I, you know, again, I'm just grateful. Um, the banner year has already begun, and we already began to see it. But, but my concern and our challenge as we kind of go through this day is that we, what we do not want to happen is that as the banner year comes, there's still the possibility that we can miss it. There's still a possibility that 2012 can leave, 2013 can go, and we could just be at the same place, be doing the same thing, expecting different results, and as you know, that's just insanity. So the challenge for us today is, well, if this is a new banner year, what can we do so that we can be prepared for the banner year. So the challenge that's going to be before us today, as I begin to just start, is, is my title, if anything, is a banner year in 2013. Do you perceive it? A banner year in 2013. Do you perceive it? Our challenge, my challenge before you did this, this day, as we get ready into the new year, tomorrow is the 31st, and the new year's on its way. My challenge with two users today is in 2013, the banner year. Do you perceive it? We are in a need to perceive what the banner year is. We are in a need to perceive this banner year in order, to, in order for God to take us into this banner year. Can I get an amen on that one? We just can't. We just can't sit there and just be idle by and just expect it to happen. We have to perceive it. So we're going to talk about that. But I want to start off, before I start getting into it, let me start off with the scripture. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 10 to 21. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 10 to 21. And it reads as such, starting at verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant, who, my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was born, nor would there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed. I am not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand when I act who can reverse it. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. 
For your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians and the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord said. He who has made a way through the seas, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and there lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. And here's the golden question. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my faith. Father, I just pray right now that as we just get into this word, that you would just help me to speak, to speak clearly, to give clarity of thought, Lord God, clarity of vision, clarity of speech, Lord God, Jesus, that what you would speak, and Lord God, let your word go forth and do just what it does, pierce and divide between soul and spirit, showing the very intents of the heart of man, Lord God, that it may wash us and cleanse us, Lord God, and purify us and draw us closer to you, that we may all be built up, Lord God, into one body, Lord God, for your glory and for your honor, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the challenge before us is to perceive. So I looked up um, what perceive means in the dictionary. To perceive means to become aware of, to know, or to identify through the senses. So becomes, become aware of, to know, identify through the senses. It also means to recognize, discern, envision, or understand. So when this, during this Ban a year when we talk about God is calling us to receive, we're saying that God is calling us to become aware. God is calling us to know. God is calling us to identify. God is calling us to recognize. God is calling us to discern, to make clear, to envision. We got to have vision. Can I get an amen on that one? God is calling us to understand. To understand. God is getting ready. We have seen already, like I said, some things that God is doing in this ban a year. And there's some more things to come in 2013. Amen? But we need to perceive it. We need to understand it. We need to become aware of it. We need to know it. We need to identify it. We need to recognize it. We need to discern it. We need to envision it. We need to understand it. Now what I'm going to put before you is that in this scripture, in Isaiah chapter 43 and in Isaiah chapter 44, that God shows us three ways that we need to perceive in this scripture. So let me just give you a little bit of background. We have here Isaiah, um, who's, who's speaking to Israel. And, he's proph- and, and in chapter 42, he actually begins to prophesy. He prophesies about the Messiah coming. But he also at the same time prophesies about Babylon. And what he's prophesying is that Babylon is going to come because Israel has been a nation that has just continually forsook God has continually allowed sin to take place, has continually allowed really to let idol worship to take place, where they would just worship, literally worship other gods and do, do all these different types of, of sacrifices, both in their homes and even sometimes in the temple, and allow things to get into the temple and just even, and, and that, there was coming to a point where Israel was just, there was almost nobody right. I mean, the prophets weren't doing right. The priests weren't doing right. The leaders weren't doing right. They were all just doing wrong. 
And so God began to, God began to warn Israel. See, that's what I love about God is he doesn't leave us in our mess. He gives us warning. He calls us to wake up. He calls us, he says, come, come back, wake up. I'm calling you. I don't want you there because that's, that's going to the end of thereof is death. The wages of sin is death. So he doesn't want us to stay in that place. So he always calls us back to himself. And so that's what he's doing to Israel. I'm calling you back. I'm, and I'm warning you right now, Babylon is going to come and take you over because of your sin. This is going to be the result of your sin. So, so that's what happens in Isaiah 42. It ends with they're going to be going through anguish and, and pain and heartache. It ends on that note. But then you get into Isaiah chapter 43, starting at the verse, verse 1. You, you have that lovely word that I that would love so much that says, but. And everybody say, but. But. <laughs> he says, but now, declares the Lord. But so, he, so he says, this is going to happen, but. And he goes on to talk about how even in spite of this, he's going to keep them. Even despite the anguish and despite the pain, even though they deserve to die, they're not going to die. He's going to keep them. He's going to be able to provide. That's why he started, you start hearing about streams in the desert and, and water in the land. And he starts it even in the, in the beginning of the verse saying that he's going to continue to keep them. He's going to continue to fire. He's going to be with them in the wilderness, with them in the waters, with them in the waves, with them even in the fire. They won't, they might be in fire, but they won't be set ablaze. Has anybody ever been in that place where they felt like they were in the waters and the, and the rivers were flowing and or they felt like it was a fire and such much is going on, but you're still here. But, but, Paul talked about, you know, he's pressed on every side, but he's not forsaken. Crushed, and, and, but not destroyed. So we might go through heartache, we might go through pain, we might go through difficulties, but God keeps us in the midst of these difficulties. And that's what he was declaring to Israel. I'm going to keep you in the midst of these. But as we're going through, I need you. And this is the challenge that he begins to, to challenge. I need you to perceive. I need you to see. I need you to understand. And the one thing that he wants them to understand, is starting in verse 10, is the first thing he says is, I need you to understand that you are my witnesses. That this blessing or this, what I'm going to do in keeping you in the midst of, of Babylon and keeping you and delivering you from Babylon, because he talks about right before how he's going to stop Babylon and he's going to destroy Babylon, but he's going to do it. But in the midst of it, you are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. So what God is trying to do is trying to say, this blessing that I am about to give you it's not just to make you happy. This blessing I'm about to give you is not just so we could just sit there and say, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Dance and shout and sing and yes, it's all good in church, and that's the end of the story. God is calling us when He's calling us, we see He's calling us to understand that the blessing is not just for you. And, and I believe, I believe God's gonna bless this church. Uh, like I said, we have this new space, but the new space is not just so that we can just, just be us and a little three. The new space is there because there's, a, there's people out there 
who need somewhere to be. There's people out there who need lives to touch. They need your testimony. They need your story. They need your life. They need your handshake. They need your touch. They need whatever it is that God has given you. And then in this banner year, he's going to give you. Because I believe it. I believe God's going to bless some people financially. Can I get an amen on that one? I, I know. I was, about, I was about to say. Hey, hey. Hey, hallelujah. I believe God's going to bless some people financially. I believe God's going to do some things in terms of health. Can I get an amen on that one? God's going to do some new things health-wise. I believe God's going to do some things in terms of jobs. Can I get an amen? Those of you who are in school, I believe God's going to do some things in terms of tuition, in terms of payments, in terms of fight. Can I get an amen on that one? I know I need it. Hallelujah. <laughs> God is going to do some new things. He's going to give some direction in terms of businesses. And in terms of ministry, he's going to begin to do some new things. This is the banner year. This is the year of expansion. Can I get an amen on that one? But the expansion is not just for you. See, the problem, the difficult, this is what was Israel's problem. You know why they started getting into idol worship all the time? Because they thought it was all about God. They thought they, they were just blessed. And that's, and that's what Jesus, when Jesus came on the scene, and you had the famous story about, about a Samaritan, Samaritan man who, who, who dealt with the Robin. We all know that story that he that the, someone was robbed in the middle of the street, and the priest come, and the Levite come, but it's the Samaritan man. He was a, the reason why he used the Samaritan, he was attacking that whole mindset, that it was just all about them. It was just all because I'm, cause I'm an Israelite, or because I'm this. You know, you know, you know one of the things they used to, um, in, uh, in Spanish, um, one, of the things they used to, one of the things they used to say in, in, in a Pentecostal Spanish church is, is that the heavenly language is Spanish. Then in heaven, that's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear Spanish. Spanish. And, you know, and that's, just, that's just the mindset of people who think it's just all about love. They don't do that anymore. Praise the Lord. They've been delivered. But <laughs> that's back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> Got to say that on the video. Got to say that online. <laughs> you know, they don't do that anymore. But that's, that used to be one thing that used to be said. But that comes from that same mindset that was all about me. And, that, and that's the mindset that Israel held. It was all about them. But God did not call Israel to be a nation, to be blessed, to be, be, to be sensual in, in Canaan, just to, just, to be, just to be comfortable. That wasn't the case. God was calling them to be witnesses. And that's what God is calling us in this church. That's why God wants to bless us. That's how come I know and believe that God, I can be assured of that God is going to bless us. Why? Because he wants to build his kingdom. This is about his work. This is about what he wants to do. He wants to let people know that he's that good. He wants to let people know how great he is. He wants to let people know how mighty he is. But he does it through us. He does it when he blesses us. He does it when he provides for us. He does it when he delivers us. He does it when he heals us. So when he does it, so that when, that, when he does it, and we see it, and then we can say, God, it's because of God. It's because of God I'm here. It's because of God I've been blessed. It's because of God that I have this job. It's because of God that I'm in this right mind. That even though we're going through a financial flip, financial cliff, I ain't fallen. Because of God. Can I get an amen? God can keep us even in the midst of this cliff because because why? Because of God. And we can declare it. And we can be testimonies of it. We, we need to perceive that we are witnesses. We have to remember this is not just for us. 
This is not just for us. So if you want to you wanna receive the blessing in 2013, you want to receive the bananier, you got to see how God is going to use this for us. You can't just think about yourself. You can't because it's going to, otherwise, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to come and go. Because that's what happens about Israel. That's how they ended up in Babylon. They focus on the blessing, not the blesser, and then it just and it just ended up and they ended up in captivity. And we don't want to do the same mistake. We have to remember that we are witnesses for Christ. Can I get an amen? The second thing that we must have to do in order to perceive what God is doing, we must live a life that is surrendered to God. Isaiah chapter 43, starting at the 22nd verse, says this, Yet you have not called on me, Jacob. You have not worried yourself for me, Israel. You have not bought me sheep for burnt offerings, nor honored me, honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with grain offerings, nor wearied you with demands for incense. You have not bought any fragrant calamus for me, or lavished on me the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. Your first father's sin, those I sent to teach you rebelled against me. So I graced the dignitaries of your temple. I consigned Jacob to destruction and Israel to scorn. So here he is. We just talked about how he was promising them that he was going to keep them and he was going to bless them as, he, as, as he's going to deliver them to Babylon. But then he, he says, you know, but yet in spite of what I'm trying to tell you, you're still doing the same thing. In spite of what I'm trying to tell you, you're still not giving yourself over to me. And you have all these things. He's calling me about sacrifices and burnt offerings and, and burning grain offerings and fragrant, and fragrant calamuses and burning and different kind of um, sacrifices that are here. And all this simply means to sum it up, you can sum it up real easy in Romans 12, chapter 1. It says, Therefore I beseech you, therefore I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourself, to present your lives a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, and which is, and, and the NIV says, which is your spiritual act of worship, or if you want, like the King James Version, it says, which is your reasonable service, but the idea is, this is what worship is really all about. Worship is not just what we do right here, right now. It's good, and it's great, and it's part of Worship, but it is not all of worship. You don't just worship on Sunday and you do whatever you want to do Monday through Saturday and forget about God. That's not worship. I when when I when I gave, when I got married, I got married to my wife. I got married to my wife seven days a week, twenty four seven. I don't forget she's my wife. She won't let me forget she's my wife. <laughs> but I don't forget she's my wife because if I do, then then that's not real marriage. That's not a real marriage. She's not my girlfriend anymore. That time has come and gone. She's not, I, I can't go home to mom. I can't go home to myself. I, I, I come home, I'm married. 
I go to work, I'm still married. I go wherever I go, I'm married. And I can't forget that. Leave and cleave, right? Leave and cleave. It's it. And it's the same thing with the same thing with God. We can't forget who He is. And if we want to hear what God is doing, see, God is getting ready to do some new things. That God is able to do what He said He's going to do. He's going to fulfill the promises. If it's a banner year, that means it's expansion. You know, and, and I kind of said it before already. Yeah, we've heard it all the time. Insanity is doing the same thing, but ex- and, and expecting different results. But that, that is kind of, in a sense, what we do, even, even when it comes to God. Even when it comes to God. We, we, we want him to expand us. We want him to do these great and new things. But it's not going to happen if we don't hear what God is saying. And we cannot hear what God is saying if we are not in a place to hear what God is saying. And the only way you're in a place to hear what God is saying is if you're surrendered. If you're in a life that you're giving yourself over to him. If you're in your life where you want him. When you're in your life where everything that you do is about him. Then you're in a place that you can hear God. Then you're in a place that he's able to speak to you and guide you and direct you and tell you this new thing. Because there's, I believe, God, there's going to be some new ideas. We have yet to see what God has in store for us. What God's going to put in my heart. What God's going to put in past heart. But even more so, what God's going to put in Ola's heart. What God's going to put in Marolo's heart. What God's going to put in Earl's heart. What God's going to put in Ola's heart. What God's going to put in you and you and you. What God is going to put in each and every one of our hearts. Ideas and visions and directions. That's going to blow this church to new levels like never before. But it's not going to happen unless we're in a place of surrender. It's not going to happen unless we're, God, I want you. God, I need you. God, I worship you today and every day in my job as, as, I'm, as I'm working. God, I worship you. I want to honor you in this. God, as, as in my school and I'm doing myself, God, I want to worship you. I want to honor you in this. As I'm, I'm home and I'm with my wife, God, I just want to worship you and honor you with my wife and with my children. God, let me, let the, everything. That is the, that is the call. That is how you perceive. You perceive when you're in a place where you're in constant communion with God. That is your spiritual act of worship. That is your reasonable service. Give it all to him. And it's then that we can perceive. Then it's then, oh, I can hear his voice. Then it's then, oh, I know what you you want. God, I can perceive what he's doing. So he challenges Israel. Israel, you need to be in a place where you can hear me. You're not in that place right now because you're, you're, not, you're not coming after me. We need to perceive by surrendering to him. Finally, the last thing, Isaiah chapter 44, verse 19 to 23, says this. It says, no one stops to think. No one has the knowledge or understanding to say. Half of it I use for fuel. I even baked bread over its coals. I roasted meat and I ate it. Shall I make a detestable thing from what is left? Shall I bow down to a block of wood? Such a person feeds on ashes. A deluded heart misleads him. He cannot save himself or say, Is not this thing in my right hand a lie? Remember these things, Jacob. For you, Israel, are my servant. I have made you. 
You are my servant, Israel. I will not forget you. I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Sing for joy, you heavens, for the Lord has done this. Shout aloud, you earth beneath. Burst into song, you mountains, you forests and all your trees. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob. He displays his glory in Israel. What God is calling us to do, the final thing is, in, in perceiving is that we also need to realize that the idols are useless and that Christ is our redeemer. Like I said, doing the same thing and expecting different results is insanity. But that also, that, also means, that also means relying on the same thing and expecting different results is insanity. And that's what, that's what idol, idol worship is really about. It's what do you rely on? Israel would rely on the land. They needed the land to be fertile. So, they, so in, what they would do is instead of worshiping God, they would worship, they worship Baal, which, was, which they would believe would cause the land to be fertile. And Ashtoreth, because they would believe to cause the waters and the land, everything, because they, need, because they wanted to rely on something. They wanted to rely on someone. But instead of relying on God, they relied on idols. And if you want to perceive what God is doing, you need to recognize what is it that you are really relying on. Because, and, and, and you know, and it, we might not be relying on Baal, and we might not be relying on Asherah, but sometimes we just we rely on our parents. Sometimes we rely on our husband and rely on our wealth. Sometimes we rely on our friends. We rely on our jobs. Sometimes we just we rely on this is the way I was doing it for the past 20 years, and so for the next 20 years I'm still going to do it this way. That, beco- that becomes our idols. And he says it, it's useless, and that's what he begins to describe. He, he talks about Israel, and he says, you know, I'm going to bless you, but he literally takes a pause and says let, me, let me, says, let me talk to you about what you rely on. And that's what he begins to go through, and I, I only put through part of it because it's a long discourse. You can read verses 10 on, and, and it just kind of goes, goes doing this. He just really breaks down, you know, you know, you rely on something that someone created. You expect it, you rely, you know, they, they basically, you basically had a man who took a piece of wood and just kind of put things together. The man himself got tired making it and had to go to sleep and then try it again, and sometimes he makes mistakes, and he literally just sits there and gives them this picture, and this, is the, and this becomes your God. Don't you realize that this is a person who made this? And this is what you're relying on. This is what you're trusting on. Something that some, some man had just kind of painted and put on and put together, and that, becomes, and that becomes your God. Not something that's real. It's something that is fake, that has no power. And that's, that's what the idols are. The things that we do and the things that, that we've been relying on from time to time, and we know it don't work, but we're still relying on them anyway because we think they're going to work. Eventually, it's just going to kind of work out, and it's useless. It's useless. Just, you know, just tell, tell your neighbor, it's useless. Useless. It's useless. That, that thing, that person, that place, that whatever it is, it's useless. And if we are going to perceive what God is doing, God is doing some great and mighty things. But we cannot rely on what we did. We cannot rely on doing it the same way. We cannot rely 
on even doing church the same way. We can't rely on it. Some things are going to happen in 2013 that's going to shake us. That's going to annoy us. That's going to be like, why are we doing this? Why do we got to do it this way? Sometimes pastor gives directives. And I'll be honest. I, I sometimes go, like, what is he doing that for? Darn it, I don't want to do that. But guess what? If we're going to experience the bad of year in 2013, we got shut your mouth. Let me just put it that way. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. And receive what God is doing. Put that idol, if you're getting that agitated, that means it's an idol. You need to put it down. That means you're relying on something other than what God is doing. And you need to put that thing down. If you're getting that irritated, that agitated, check yourself. Check yourself. It is, in the year, in 2013, the idols have got to come down. I don't know, I don't know why it's been happening for the past, past two or three times that I've been preaching this, but I just need to make it clear. The idols have got to go. The idols have got to go. The idols have got to go. We cannot go on. You know, we, we, we hear the story of as Israel when they, were, when they were about to take over Canaan and God was calling them forth and, 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 and with Joshua and then, then they got to a point where they got defeated. You know, why did they get defeated? Because somebody held on to an idol. And God forbid we try to go forth and something happens, and it's just because we refuse. So we refuse to give up our idols. No, not in 2000 this year. If this is the banner year, if we're believing God and we're gotten excited and we're saying, yes, God is going to bless, yes, God is going to do, yes, God is going to heal, yes, God is going to deliver, and set free, yes, we're going to go forth, we're going to give up the idol. Give up the idol. Give up the idol because God has so much more. God has so much more. It is a banning year. I don't, I, I can, we can testify, we can sit here and tell testimony. I, t- I mean, God is doing some, you know what? You know, you know how good God is? I, I, I might as well just start doing this now. I got an opportunity to go, I'm going to Africa in two weeks. I'm going to Africa in two weeks. I've never been anywhere outside the United States ever in my life, and I am 30. Seven, right? Thirty-seven years old, <laughs> and I've never been anywhere outside of the United States other than when I got married and went on a cruise. That was it. So now, so now I'm going to Africa, and the next that, and that's ju- that's just me. That's just me. You think God can't do something with you? You think God can't do some great things with you? God, he, he, we we sung it. God is able to do just what He said He's going to do. But you have to proceed. You have to proceed. You have to proceed. So my challenge to you, you have to proceed. You have to realize that, this is, that, that you are a witness for God, that this is not just for you. This is to bless others. You have to live a life that is surrendered, that you're dearly seeking and following after him. And you have to, you have to, you have to give up those items. You have to. God loves you. God loved Israel. And the reason why he was doing all this, or he was telling, telling Isaiah all this, is because he just wanted to, you could, and you see it at the end. He says, return to me. In verse 22, he says, return to me, for I have redeemed you. Return. That's all he wanted. That's all he wanted. For, us, for, for Israel to return. And that's what he wants. He wants you to proceed. He wants you to return. So give up those items. Give, 
surrender yourself to him and realize that you are completely. This is for others to bless. And I tell you, when you do that, oh God, I, I'm, I'm telling you, this church, just, I just believe it. I, I, and, I, and I'm not, if pastor who knows me, I'm not one to normally say, oh, I, I, I believe it. I see people. Because I'm very iffy about those things. I'm like, you know, because sometimes I feel like you're setting yourself up for failure. But I just, it's in here. It's in his word. It's clear. And I see it. I can really see it. I can, I can, I'm beginning right now as God challenged me about surrendering. God challenged me about giving up some idols. God challenged me. Let me just testify. I mean, it's something silly. I was, we were watching. I said, Netflix is a blessing, but it's a curse at the same time in our family. Because I, I was sitting there, we get to watch shows, but I, got, I started watching shows a little bit too much. Just concentrating and focusing on that. It's like, and my wife is like, don't you got a sermon to preach? Don't you got some stuff you got to do? And so I get upset. What are you telling me what to do? And, you know, eventually, eventually I was like, okay, she's right. I didn't tell her she was right. I'm telling her now. She's right. <laughs> but, you know, and I got to a place and I realized, oh, God, that's an idol. Just that easy. That's an idol. I said, oh, no. You have so much in store for us. And, and, and Netflix got nothing, nothing for me. I'm sorry, in comparison to what you have. So we, so I, you know, the challenge is not just to you, it's to me as well. If you believe God that this is the banner year, then my chance would be, are you ready to perceive it? If you are ready to perceive it, just stand with me. Remember, think about where God wants you to use you, what God is about to give you as a witness. Think about those areas where you just need to surrender the life. Think about those idols that need to come down. As you step into 2013, and just perceive with me what God is about to do. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. Father, we adore you and lift you up. Thank you for your love and thank you for your faithfulness and thank you for your kindness. Thank you like, like Israel, oh God, Jesus, you were, you said, remember me. Like Israel, you said, I'm calling you back. Like Israel said, I'm walking with you through the waters and I'm walking with you through the flames and I'm walking with you through the rivers and the rock. God, you are with us. You love us and you're calling us back into yourself and you're calling us to perceive. You said, "Lo, I'm be doing a new thing. See that I'm doing a new thing in you in this 2013, in this banning year, Lord God, you're doing a new thing. Can we not perceive it? God, help us. Help us to realize that we are your witnesses, that what you are giving us and you are going to give us and you are going to bless us and you are going to do these new things. But it's not just for us. 
that you're calling us, giving us these things to bless others so that others can be healed and delivered, provided for, blessed, Lord God, and encouraged and strengthened, Lord God, so that the nations will know that you are God and there is no other, Lord God, that you are the Redeemer, you are the Healer, you are the Deliverer, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to live a life of worship, Lord God, not just a Sunday experience, but an everyday experience, Lord God. That we would worship you, Lord God. That we would give ourselves, our bodies, as a living sacrifice, our holy, acceptable, pleasing in your sight. We would not hand ourselves over to the things that are not of you, Lord God. But we would surrender to you. We would seek after you. We would thirst as the deer pants for the waters. So our souls would pant after you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We will live lives that are surrendered daily to you, Lord God. And, oh God, every idol, every idol, every idol, Lord God, everything that would take your place, everything that would distract us from you, everything, Lord God, that would try to rule or those things that we would just rely on rather than you, Lord God. God, place those things. We tear those things down in our life. We give those things up even now in the name of Jesus. We denounce those things. We plead your blood. We say we no longer. We no longer rely on you. We no longer rely on you. We rely on the living God. We rely on the King Kings. We rely on Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our God. The one, the true, the living God. Oh, we rely on you. We perceive what you are doing. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. I pray over each and every single person, Lord God. Oh, that they would continue to stand. That they would do all to stand. And they would continue to perceive. Oh, to hear your instructions. To hear your guidance. To hear your new direction in the new year, Lord God, even as we pray on Thursday, that they would hear, Lord God, and fast and pray, Lord God, and this, they would hear because they're receiving, they're perceiving, they're perceiving what you are doing. And we thank you. Cover them. Though the enemy would desire to shift them like we, we pray that they would remain, their faith would remain, that they would continue to stand and be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might, that they would put on the full armor of God and do all to stand, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Because the banner year will come. The banner year will come. And the enemy, no enemy in hell can withstand what God has already ordained. In the name of Jesus, we declare what you have said, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, and we stand on your word, Lord God, that he that has begun a good work shall continue to perform it. Eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard, nor has it entered in the heart of man what you have in store for us, Lord God. You are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. The banner year, above all that we could ask or think, according to your power that is at work within us. 
this is your word. And we stand on your word. Because you will not deny your word. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But it's your word that stands. And we stand on it today. In Jesus' name.